Welcome to TR Talks, where your host, Team Rajpal, talks everything Toronto and GTA real estate, from buying, selling, leasing, investing, and rental management. An unfiltered conversation with industry experts helping you stay up to date with the market. Hello, everybody. This is Xerxes from Team Rajpal here today on your podcast. We're going to be talking about investing in residential real estate. I have your co-hosts here with me, Geeta Rajpal and Nick Ip. So why don't we start with we are near or at the peak mortgage rates, according to a BMO analyst. Isn't that amazing? Well, that's good news for sure. Mm-hmm. It is. So who is this good news for? Investors. Everybody. That's fair. So with regards to investing, let's just dive right into it. So Gita, why don't you give us a couple of reasons as to why people invest in real estate? I mean, you've been around for a while. You've seen this happening. So oh, is that a little dig at my age, Xerxes? Nick, well, I see you giggling there. So that's obviously what Nick was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so why purchase Real estate as an investor. I mean, honestly, I think the first most obvious reason, and I might be partial because I don't really invest in stocks, um, stocks and bonds and all that wonderful stuff. You have nothing tangible. Real estate, even when the market is going down, it could be crashing, which it's not, but it could be, you have a tangible asset. And I think that is something that if people are in it for the long term, Take a look at the fact that you have a tangible asset. Um, and, you know, which brings me to my next point, which is values in real estate usually appreciate. Now, you can't be somebody that is bought today and 42 days later, you're like, whoa, what's going on? Nothing's going up. But if you're in it for the long term, yes, values in real estate will appreciate. 100%. And I think uh, the big one is that there's no... There's no real asset class out there as much as real estate uh, that you can actually leverage. So for every dollar you put in, the bank usually gives you four more. Exactly. So, you know, you can leverage it five times the amount that you're actually putting down yourself. So let's say, for example, you buy a property for $500,000 and you put 20% down. That's a hundred grand. And we normally see at a 7% interest uh, increase every year, which means that every 10 years on average, prices are doubling. And that has been the trend over since the 1980s to now. But really speaking, it's not doubling. It's going up much at a much higher rate because you only put 100 grand down. So, you know, that leverage piece can really, really play into it really well. Yeah. And also um, the cash flow, um, being the rent out your property, get that uh, rental income to cover uh, majority of, of the costs. I know nowadays, uh, because of the cost of the properties, not all the rental income can cover it, but a good chunk of it, uh, at least the interest portion and part of the principal covering that uh, does help a lot. And uh, well, yeah. and also the negative cash flow is um, it's also a tax write off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite a bit of it. So your uh, mortgage interest, your property tax, if you have condo fees, those. 
um, all tax deductible. So now, now you guys made a dig at my age. So I will say another reason to invest in real estate. It's a great retirement savings plan. I mean, you know, people my age and much older uh, are considering this as an opportunity to take from these investments what they can because RRSPs, let's be quite honest, are not doing much. No, uh, 100%. Uh, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't just limit it to the upper echelon as far as age is concerned. I would say that there are young people. Like, I started investing in real estate for my retirement at the age of 25. Well, there you go. And so, yes, I correct. let me go back and say that for people my age and older, it's a great way to start young so that at this time you can be, you know, you can have that cushion. Absolutely. Nick, you and I can, you can, you and I can have that conversation in a number of decades from now. Hey, listen, I'm not that old. Please, just, just for public knowledge. I am only 54. I think you, uh, you posted a post today on TikTok about getting your hair done. Yes. Okay. All right. Next. Uh, (laughs) Well, well, uh, what's the most type, uh, most common types of properties we have for real estate investments? Well, in I think there's multiple sectors, but if we we're speaking about the residential sector today, and we have three main types: one is fr- uh, freehold, one is condos, and then the third one is pre-constructions. I mean, if we just break it down into those three, and under the pre-construction umbrella, we have condos and freeholds as well. Um, and so, what I would say is, and I was having this conversation with one of our investors this morning um, for a project that we just put out. And it just depends on what you're looking for in an investment. When are you looking for it to mature? And there's so many different facets as to what works best for you. And there's no right or wrong answer. It's just a question of, uh, you know, what works best for you and your plan. And then once you have that figured out, uh, you can actually go ahead and choose which one you'd, you'd like. I mean, I know... For a lot of our clients, they choose the pre-construction route. I think there's multiple pros to that. But having said that, we have some investors who will only only look at resale options. Yeah, because they want to know what's happening in the here and now. But then for a lot of investors, like you said, that go the pre-construction route, it's almost like they're excited when there's delays to the project because it puts things out a lot further. As long as it gets built. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Yes. 100%. So um, now there's multiple things to look for in investments. um, And what would be the number one thing to look for? What would you say? Location. Location, location, location. Always with real estate. I absolutely would agree with that. Um, Location is key. We've seen over the number of years. Um, The returns have been fantastic based on the location. Uh, However, I do have a surprise for some of our listeners today at the end of the call. And we're going to talk about what areas have gone up the most in the GTA. So I've actually pulled up all the information and uh, charted it as to which area. So we're going to talk region-wise, like Durham region, Peel region. So I'm very interested to see. And for people, I'd almost ask them to guess before we reach that point in the podcast today as to which area they think has gone up the most. And we've broken it down with uh, single family detached 
and then townhouses and condominiums as well. Okay, well, so that's exciting. I want to, you know, just still talking about what to look for in an investment. Sometimes having conversations with potential investors, <coughs> it's, you know, you, you hear them talking about, oh my God, I don't know that I would go to that location. Or to be honest, um, I think that's really small for me. In other words, people start to see themselves in their investment property and they put their personal likes and dislikes ahead of what a tenant would be looking for. And I think really putting that hat on, it's almost like putting a tenant hat on to say, what would work for the tenant? You don't have to be in love with the location um, or the size of the unit as long as it makes sense from an investment standpoint, right? 100%. Like, I mean, we have some investors, some of them sitting right in front of me, who have never even visited the investment property they've purchased. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the right way of doing it, right? You're looking at it purely from an unemotional standpoint. Exactly. Right? This is this is about logic. This is not about emotion. If you want emotion, go buy your own home for yourself. Exactly. And it's not about, like, I don't need to be in love with that investment property. Yeah, I mean, like, when you're seasonal investors or realtors like ourselves that look at property on a daily basis, just look at the layout, the floor plan itself. Uh, we can already visualize... Uh, what's going to be like of course we can see the features and finishes like the quality of it but in the general layout wise uh, you know it plays a crucial role especially when talking about condos uh, like every square footage counts but um, I think the layout is the most important thing just because let's say a 600 square foot condo which has a 100 square foot hallway is actually the same thing as a 500 square foot condo that's just a box with no hallway <laughs> right so and you're paying the extra 100 square foot for, for it's no how reason. you utilize the space yeah exactly for sure. And then, um, I mean, not to mention building amenities. They they can add significant value to tenants that are living in the property, 500 square feet or not. If they've got uh, other amenities right in the building, then, you know, it might be a little bit more attractive to them. So it doesn't matter that I don't want to use the gym. If I've got an investment property and the tenant is interested in a gym, then there you go. Absolutely. And then my favorite one is public transit. So for those who've invested with Team Rajpal and the ones who worked with me specifically have always heard me say, you must have rules to investing, to figuring out what is a, what do you determine as a good investment. Everybody has different rules. I know for me, for myself, I want to be within a five-minute walk to some sort of rail transit. So if I look at my portfolio of investment properties, I'm making sure I look at what is around me? What is around my properties? I want to make sure that I can hop on rail transit, not car, not bus. I'm not interested in that because traffic then becomes a huge, huge player in the game. Yeah. Now, when you're saying I'm not interested in that, you're you're obviously also speaking from... An investment standpoint. Exactly. So speaking from the eye of a tenant as to what they would be looking for. Well, it's not only the tenant, right? It's the future buyer of that property as well. For sure. Uh, no, absolutely. And then that's going to bring up, you know, it's going to bring up value. 100%. So we're looking at this long term. We're not looking at this short term. In fact, if you look at rail transit, it can only increase as far as value from a time perspective is concerned over the long run. Because as traffic worsens, as your property ages, but as traffic worsens, 
it's only going to become more and more convenient in a sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, another thing to look for is, uh, I think, uh, reputable builders. Uh, good builders, people that have been uh, in the industry for quite some time. I'm not saying it's bulletproof because, you know, in the past few few years, we had some bigger builders that have canceled some projects. So if you guys have been paying the news, uh, paying attention to the news, but I'm not going to name any of those. But uh, yeah, it, it does help minimize the risk. And that, that plays more into the pre-construction side. Yes. But I think also from the resale standpoint, having a good builder behind you, how does that benefit you? Some people say, well, what difference does it make? And I say, well, it makes a huge difference because it affects the reserve fund and that affects your condo fees. And we have seen a correlation. I cannot express this enough. We've seen a correlation between the condo fee increase as far as a percentage is concerned. I mean, granted COVID being the exception and the value of the condo being stagnant. So I would add there, Xerxes, great point, but I would add as well that for a lot of our clients that invest in freehold, uh, in that scenario, to be quite honest, I don't know how much of a difference it does make. A property is like, I don't know, 15 years old and it was ex-builder for a freehold property. I wouldn't put that same importance to it. But yes, for a condo, absolutely. 100%. And, uh, you know, we always say that to people, especially when you're buying a condo again, um, when majority of the condo is owner-occupied, Versus tenant occupied. I mean that that makes a big difference too. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you're gonna have certain locations that you know you're buying as an investor. You know it's gonna go up. You you know it's it's gonna do well in the long run. But it is also renters paradise. You know, like tons of people have made a lot boatload of money down at City Place, Young and Eglinton by the Lakeshore. Like these are these are, I mean, you know, as close as you can get, so to say, to guaranteed returns. But having said that, it is renter's paradise. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there's a few other points as well in terms of what to look for in an investment. But we can go, I think, let's, uh, I mean, that's already a, a significant number of um, option, reasons to go to invest. But let's go right into... Renting your unit. There you go. So uh, for those who are getting to know us... Um, we are a one-stop shop. So Team Rajpal, we've been in the business for a number of years. We've sold over a billion dollars worth of real estate in the GTA. Woohoo! And uh, no claps. Did I? <laughs> those, are, those are my billion clients right there. <laughs> and um, then we also uh, make sure that it's a one-stop shop, as I was saying. So you have multiple different aspects of our business that we help our clients with so it's not just buying selling and investing uh we handle people's leases and not only that one of our newest uh newest ventures so to say um is uh, our property management company so we know that there is a little bit of a hurdle that people have mentally on becoming a landlord so we've taken that stress away from them yeah. so we're going to talk a little bit about more about that so uh, renting real estate. Uh, Nick, why don't you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, from, I guess, the point uh, point of starting of renting uh, renting your own unit or, let's say, house. Um, our services uh, do include, uh, from very starting, taking professional photography of your unit so we can advertise the best we can. I mean, like, we've seen so many 
units out there that actually agents or private owners they use their phones um, in a portrait mode and they don't <laughs> edit it, um, which is I wouldn't say bad thing because nowadays your phones are pretty good cameras. But I would say some of the angles and some of the the, the lighting they they portray might not be the best. And uh, at the end, data photos are what brings. People into, into the, the property, a hundred percent. Like I, honestly, you're right. Can phones take really good photographs? Yes, but when you're looking at units, and especially when those units are vacant, it is so hard to actually visualize. I've seen units where they look so much better in person than yep. the photographs that have been taken on a, on a little camera. And you know, for condos wise, where you can kind of have a glimpse of maybe. Uh, a unit that's professionally f- uh, taken photos versus one that's not, then you kind of can book it all at once. But let's say it's a house, right? It, you, it might be a turnoff when you see it not being professionally photographed and it's dark and dim because you can't compare with another house because that house might be completely different. So I, th- I think the other aspect of this that's that's key is when you take the photos professionally and they're done professionally when the unit looks good or the house looks good, well, now you have the photographs ready for if you ever choose to put it up for sale rather yes. than at that point having to get a photographer to come back in. Great point. But they're now taking a picture of all the tenant stuff because you don't want to sell it yep. when it's vacant. Like you're losing monthly rent on it. And they'll be in prime condition. Yeah. Right? Because there'll be normal wear and tear. That's any re- uh, rental places. Uh, the next one will be finding quality tenants uh, with, of course, employment verification, reference checks, and credit reports. Um, this is what uh, our property management uh, does, as as well as professional realtors. Um, we make sure we do our due diligence, making sure the tenants coming to your own property that you spent thousands and thousands of dollars on, we want to make sure they'll take care of it as you would. Um, access to our list of economical handymans, painters, appliance repairmen, carpet steam cleaners. We want to make sure that place is uh, nicely cleaned and spruced up for the tenant, and as well when they leave the next one perfect so um also we make sure like when when we do get the tenants and i know like we go in uh we do the key what we call the key exchange grab all the checks uh we we also try and set up the the landlords with the tenants because we understand that it's a relationship building process right so interviewing Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I, and I think that that piece of it uh, gives a lot of comfort to, to landlords. Uh, I've noticed that, you know, when we've set up an interview, it, whether it's in person or over Zoom, before the finalization of that contract, both the tenant, and I mean, to be honest, I think it goes both ways. The tenant as well needs to be comfortable with the landlord, and then the landlord, of course, needs to be comfortable with who is actually going to be in their property. And uh, that actually leads us perfectly into our rental management services called Key2Rent. So Key2Rent is a venture that we opened up and uh, it's been very successful. We had quite a few clients sign up for it. Um, And what it is, is it's a property management service. So we take care of the property, right, from making sure that the unit is photographed, right, from the time it was uh, not just like the photographs that go on MLS, but the actual inspection photographs, making sure that your rent checks come directly to you. You don't have to go to the bank. It comes directly into your account. Uh, We are tied up with Equifax to dissuade any tenants from even having the thought of not paying rent. Uh, We have access to 
our, um, uh, you know, the paralegal. She's fantastic. Yes. One, one really, uh, sorry, I'm jumping right in because um, when you're talking about Equifax and credit and all of that, an advantage for both landlords and tenants is that when the tenants, uh, the, they can build up their good credit standing um, with the regular payments for the rent that they're making. However, uh, the opposite holds true as well. Their credit rating will be impacted if they are not actually paying on time. Yeah. And so there's an incentive for them to make sure that they're paying on time. 100%. We make sure the move-in, move-out inspections are done. Um, any handling, the day-to-day handling of the unit. Um, just this morning, I'm having a, cl- a conversation with a client. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of things that have come up in the unit. And it's all being handled. They, they don't really have to do much. So all, all in all, it's a great service. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty much... Uh, a huge cost saver. It's a tax deductible item, and it's not to mention. Sorry, jumping in again. Not to mention the um, the preferred rate for insurance that uh, that we've negotiated as well for our clients. Hundred percent. So uh, we have a group insurance there with us. So uh, reach out to us if you have any questions about that. Uh, whether or not you've invested with us, we're we're more than happy to discuss how we can help you. So that takes me to the most exciting part of today's chat, which is uh, we're going to be playing Guess the Number. (laughs) Ooh, Guess the Number. Okay. So, Gita, with regards to townhomes, let's see here. From Durham, Peel, Toronto, and York, who has had the highest increase over the last 10 years as a percentage in values? Between Durham... Peel, Toronto, and York. I'm going to say it's like a close, it's a close match between York and Durham. York I actually know the answer, but I'm going to play along, Xerxes. Well, that's just, that <laughs> ruins it. Uh, York is actually the lowest out of all four, four regions. In terms of value increase. Over the last 10 years for townhouses. Okay, so very interesting. The lowest for townhouses over the last 10 years. So on Na- average, it's gone up 128% in 10 years mm-hmm. for townhouses. Now, keep in mind, York region is a big region, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have more positives, more negatives. Um, and Durham, to put into perspective, is 222%, so 100% more. Wow. But keep in mind, Durham Region also started at a lower price. Well, I was about to say, right? Like 10 years ago, um, the average in Durham would have been under 200,000. And the average in York Region at the same time was likely double. Yeah, 100%. Um, In fact, more. Way more. Way more. Um, With regards to apartments, uh, what would be your guess? Toronto. Uh, Durham again. Durham again. Okay. Well, ding, 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 ding. I guess we've got a winner here. For all three types, I'm just going to go go through a little breakdown here. So for townhomes, it was uh, Durham region, followed by Peel region, and then Toronto, and lastly, York. Uh, with regards to condos, we had Durham region again in number one, Peel in number two, and then we had York region, and then lastly, Toronto. Again, keep in mind... 
I, I understand that these numbers might feel like, well, that it doesn't make any sense, but you have to take into account the number of condos, right? Like in Durham region, the number of condos are way lower than the number of condos in Toronto. So the averages are more skewed. Mm-hmm. And then you have the fing- single family homes. Now, uh, again, it starts in Durham region is the highest, uh, followed by Peel and then York and lastly in Toronto. So Toronto's also... Um, got the highest density right so it may not even be the biggest area but it has the highest density so that being said and and the and the largest cross-section of homes yeah no absolutely so uh we do have the stats here over the last 10 years this is as per the mls home price index so we have seen huge gains in these areas you know i mean to put into perspective, I mean, townhouses in Durham region have gone up 222%. Um, Single-family detached houses have gone up 176%. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose a question to you guys, which is likely in the minds of people, especially uh, first-time investors or people considering investing, oh, 222%. So then isn't that a reason for me not to go there? Like, wow, they're probably already capped in terms of price points. So that's a really good question. And it's definitely something that does come across to us, uh, people asking those sort of questions. But keep in mind, you got to ask yourself, why has it gone up 222%? Well, because like demand. we said, demand and it started at a lower price point. So even though it's gone up 222%, it's still an on average, and I have the chart in front of me, uh, but on average, it is lower than a York Region house compared or a Toronto house, right? So affordability, even though percentages might be high, the affordability is the highest as well because the price point is the e- the easiest to get into. Exactly, that was that was the point that I I wanted to to get to. So, um, so still the most attractive place to be considering. Not that there aren't opportunities elsewhere, but um, that's what we're here for to go over. Uh, any specific questions about um, what um, our listeners' personal needs are? 100%. So uh, this has been a lot of dry material, but uh, I think it's it really puts things into perspective, especially for people who are really looking at this and considering purchasing a property in the next six, to, six months to a year. Um, it, this gives you a little bit of perspective, especially for our investors out there who are looking at their next investment. I know we've been having a lot of calls coming in since the start of the new year uh, with regards to can we sit down and talk about this or this is something I'm thinking of doing in the next three to four months. Uh, You know, I think the waiting on the sidelines is something where people have gotten used to these interest rates a little bit. I'm not saying they're thrilled about it, but I'm saying that they're used to it. Absolutely. And having said that, you know, when the market psychologically is comfortable with something, they're comfortable putting their money back into it. So we're we're going to see. It's going to be slower. It's not going to be like 2021 and 2022, the, the first couple of months. It's going to be slower but steadier, I would say. Steadier. And it, as we've always been saying, it's almost like we're, you know, it's just like a um, a broken record that... The demand has not gone down. The demand has not gone down. Activity has been impacted a little bit because of the psychological 
um, impact of, of media and the actual rate increases. But other than that, demand is exactly where it was in early 2022. 100%. So uh, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. And uh, please follow and share this podcast with your family and friends. Comment, ask questions, and make requests on topics you'd like us to cover. And on that note, have a wonderful day. Be safe. And hopefully the sun will be shining soon. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. TR Talks is hosted by members of Team Rajpal with Remax. Rajiv Rajpal and Xerxes Barucha are brokers. Gita Rajpal and Nicholas Sip are sales representatives. All registered with the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, Real Estate Council of Ontario, and Canadian Real Estate Association. This podcast is for informational purposes only and not for financial or investment advice. Please do your own due diligence.